and y'all can have a seat. Uh, my name's Andy. I've uh, been on staff with the Stone for uh, a while, over a decade. And uh, actually, uh, man, just realized in, in worshiping with you, I was a part of the downtown for like seven, eight years. And it's good to feel the music in your chest. Amen. And, uh, and so welcome back. If you're a college student and you were home, and maybe it doesn't quite look like worship um, like that in, in your church, uh, welcome back. That's a good feeling. Amen. Uh, and so if, if I say amen, uh, this is just a fun one for for me, uh, if you could say amen back, that would help me, amen? amen? And so it's not necessarily a Baptist thing, it just helps me know that you're like communicating with me and, and you can mess with me a little bit, okay? And uh, so anyways, welcome back. It's just us, friends, just us in the room uh, today and our online friends, so glad to have you guys. And I uh, just want to say welcome back uh, to the college students. I was thinking back on college. I was an architecture major. Any architects in the house? Yeah, that's my guy right there. Okay. Any design people in the house? Okay, I know I'm going to get more people on this one. I got a degree in architecture, never practiced. That um, degree is sitting in the fridge, or uh, sitting in the fridge, that's funny, Uh, sitting in the garage. Uh, How about people that graduated with one thing but never did that thing? How many of all, that's, that's my people. Some of you are too ashamed to say, yeah, um, that, that cost me a lot of money and I'm not doing that thing. Um, the other funny thing about me when I was in college especially was that I thought email was going to be a fad, and so I just never got into it. So during college, I ne- you're like, dude, how old are you, right? And uh, okay, granted, I graduated before Facebook started, okay? So just to give you a little, you were like, whoa, that, what, what, what was that world like? So hey, we're going to talk about prayer today. Um, we're going to talk about prayer today and a couple thoughts on prayer as we get started. Number one, number one is that prayer can foster closeness with God. And when I think about closeness to God, I think about closeness to other people. I think about my friends, Peter and Brad. I think about what my relationship looks like with those guys because a lot of, of things that, that are in my relationship with Peter and Brad are just like my relationship with God, like the, the frequency in which we talk, how often we talk. I talk with these guys almost every day of the week, right? And I think about not just the frequency, the amount of talking that we do, but the weightiness of what we talk about. We talk about a lot of things that matter in life. And, and, then, and then I think about how vulnerable that we can be with each other, how safe we are, and you may or may not have friends. I would encourage you, no matter how old you are, man, if you don't have some good buddies, ask God for that for 2023, all right? We're meant to do life not alone, but with other people, amen? And so if you don't have some friends, I can remember actually being in college as a, as a junior thinking, I don't really have a good guy friend, and I, I'm going to pray that God would help me make this guy, Nathan Funk, my buddy, all right? And, and that's what happened. By the end of the year, we were friends, right? And I had this, so you can pray that. And then, and then here's the deal. Here's why I bring that up is because I think some of those same things in our personal relationships uh, uh, translate to our relationship with God. And, 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 and I could probably tell you how, what your relationship looks like with God based on what your prayer life look like, looks like. And that's not to make anybody feel guilty, but our prayer lives are also often just kind of a, a litmus test of where we are at in closeness to God. And so here's the question. Are you satisfied with your closeness to God? Are you satisfied with your closeness to God? And here's the great thing, whether you, you're not even following Jesus right, right now, you're just like, I just want to try out this, this church scene. It's a new year. I'm just going to try it out. Hey, you're really, we're really glad you're here. There's more of God for you to have. Or whether you've been doing this your whole life and you were like Awana's Sunday school, church camp, you, got, you guys little red vest people know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, and there's more of God for you to have, amen? The great thing about closeness with God is there's always more. 
And prayer is one of the best avenues for that closeness. Here's the second thing, second thought as we kick off and start talking about prayer, is that prayer can be confusing. Prayer can be confusing, and you're like, well, that doesn't sound very encouraging, Andy. But it's just the reality, isn't it? Maybe like, maybe like me in 2022, there was something that you were praying for day after day. And you, you're even like, God, this seeing this thing happen for us, it was praying for two of our friends to be healed from cancer. And we've seen a lot of people healed from cancer in the past. And we just thought, these two guys uh, 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 are going to be the next two guys, right, that are going to be healed. And, 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 and the opposite happened. And within 59 days they, of each other, they, they both died, both in their 30s, both married, both with young kids. And maybe you had an experience like that in 2022 where you're like, God, what happened? I thought I was praying what you wanted, and then you did something very different. And it's not easy. And I just want to say, as we talk about prayer, we don't have this all figured out. All right? And it doesn't always make sense, and it's not always easy. And so then that leaves us asking the question, how do we pray? What are we supposed to pray? And the disciples were asking Jesus the exact same question in Luke chapter 11. Jesus, how, how, what do you want us to pray? How are we supposed to pray? And then he teaches them what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And if you've been in church world for over a couple years, you've heard this prayer, right? Um, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and, and, and forgive us our debts or our trespasses as, as we forgive our debtors and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil, right? And we usually add on this last little part. And, and, and that's a great prayer. So that's where we're going to be today as we learn about prayer. If you've got a Bible, you can open to Matthew chapter 6. There's a version in Luke. There's a version in Matthew. We're just going to look at the Matthew version, Matthew 6. And we're just going to focus in on verse 10 that says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to know more about the Lord's Prayer, we actually about three years ago, um, uh, three, four years ago, did a, a sermon series on this. You can go look that up. But let's break down that, 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 that little chunk, and then we'll dive into some real practical things for what does it mean for our lives, for Austin, and for the, for the nations. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we look at your kingdom come, right? Your kingdom come. Your is the God the Father. And, and kingdom isn't necessarily a, 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 a word that we use so much today. But, but if we're honest, Texans, we, we think about the kingdom of Texas. Amen? I mean, you're like, yeah, I guess we kind of do. Like, kind of we have our own way. It's bigger and better than everybody else. Like, um, if we ever leave here, we, all we want to do is get back here to barbecues and tacos, right? You know what I'm talking about, you know? And, 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 and so we kind of have this kingdom-type mindset. So where did this kingdom mindset come? When, when Jesus said, thy kingdom come, or your kingdom come, depending on how King James you want to be, right? Nothing against King Jamesers out there, okay? It's co totally cool if you read the Bible. Just know it's not the only one, okay? Uh, and some of you are like, What? It's okay, okay? And some of you don't know what I'm talking about, and that's totally fine too, okay? Um, uh, uh, but, but your kingdom come wasn't a new idea. Jesus was actually um, bringing up something that God started all the way back in Genesis. So when, if you look back at Genesis 1, 28, because um, Genesis 1, 28, where, where it says God blessed them, and the them is Adam and Eve. He said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So when you see those words, subdue it and have dominion over it, that's talking about the kingdom. Like UT having reign and rule over Louisville and the volleyball deal, huh? Yeah, yeah, let's go, lady, volley, lady horns. Get, get those horns up for the ladies, okay? They're like the national champions. Hello, if you didn't know, yeah, you should know that, okay? We don't have to just cry about San Antonio. We got something to lift our heads up to, okay? Sorry, is that a little too fresh? Yeah, you're like, yeah, don't, don't, don't say that again, okay? Um, uh, but but, but the, the, the reign and rule of God, and, and Tyler David put it this way. He said, the kingdom of God is the loving reign and rule. It's not just a dictatorship that's hard. It's a loving reign and rule. And what God was telling Adam and Eve from the beginning is, hey, I made you in my image, and I want you to bring my, my kingdom, my reign, my loving reign and rule over all the earth, that all the people that are filling the earth would worship me. Okay, And I want you to show them that my way is the best way. The way to have most joy in life is my way. But you guys know how the story goes, right? Adam and Eve choose their own way, and brokenness comes into the world, into their lives and the the world around us. And ever since that day, God has been inviting people to join him in restoring his kingdom to the earth. And so the kingdom of God starts from the very beginning, and then we just see this played over and over in the Old Testament, Right, This idea of, of God choosing for himself a people, of God having a land for his people, of God having a way for his people. These are all parts of the kingdom. Right? You guys remember when, when the Egyptians were, were coming out of Egypt, they were supposed to go to the promised land right? to have this kingdom land and God had chosen for himself a people. That started in Genesis 12 even earlier than before they went down to Egypt. Right? And God says to Abram and Sarah, I'm going to bless you and make your name great so that all the families of the earth would be blessed through you. And God, as, as they're on this journey from Egypt to Israel, God gives them a way to live, right? The Ten Commandments. He shows them, this is the way I want you to live. This is the best way. And, and yet we see, just like with Adam and Eve, again and again, God's people choose their own way instead of their way. We, we rebel, and so brokenness enters again and again. And you see this kingdom struggle of people going back and forth between believing God's best way to live and trying to do it their own way. But here's the great news, right? God keeps coming after us. God keeps coming after us. In the midst of our, no no matter how 2022 went for you, you know that God's pursuing you right now? He's coming after, that's one of the reasons you came here this morning. So he could, he could say to you crystal clearly through my voice, I want you, I love you, you're mine. You're mine. And again and again, we see this kingdom narrative played out throughout the Old Testament. And when Jesus gets on the scene, the same thing happens. When Jesus starts his public ministry, two chapters earlier in Matthew 4, 17, he says this, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom. Why repent? Because we go our own way, right? All of us go our own way. And so we need to repent. God, I don't want to go my way anymore. I want to go your way, the kingdom way. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does he mean by that? He means when Jesus came, he was bringing the kingdom. Jesus was bringing God's way because it was clear from all of the Old Testament before Jesus that we couldn't make our own way to God. We couldn't live out God's kingdom ways on our own. And so Jesus comes and says, I am the way to God. 
I'm the way to live out this kingdom. I'm going to show you what it's going to look like, and then I'm going to provide a way through my death and resurrection so that you can be with God forever. Your will be done, right? So that's the kingdom part. Your will be done. God's will be done is very similar to your kingdom come. And really, the thing I want to focus on here just for a little bit is when we say your will be done, it's our confession that we can't do it. We can't do it. When we see the brokenness in the world, we don't have the ability long-term to change or affect that. Not on our own. So your will be done is our confession that, God, we need your help in seeing the earth um, uh, become like you want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven right now, friends, everything and everyone is joyfully and fully worshiping Jesus. And so when we think about God's kingdom coming to the earth, coming into the brokenness, that's what we're praying, your kingdom come. That's why watching the news can actually be helpful. Because see, what the news does is it reports all the brokenness in the world, right? I mean, if you want to feel down, all you got to do is turn on your flavor of biased news, right? I think you guys know that by now, right? They're all biased. It doesn't matter which flavor you get. But, but what it's doing is it's giving it your flavor of brokenness, and so you can actually use the news to show you the brokenness in the world and then praying the kingdom into that, right? And so prayer is our confession that the world is broken and we cannot fix it. And prayer is our affirmation to God's invitation to join him in restoring the brokenness, the brokenness in the world. So let's look at three areas and, and ha- ask, what does this look like? What does it look like for your kingdom come in our own lives? What does it look like for your kingdom come in Austin? And what does it look like for your kingdom come uh, mean for the nations? First of all, what does your kingdom come mean for me? It starts by looking at our own brokenness and repenting. And when I say brokenness, I want to talk about two kinds of brokenness. The first one is big B brokenness, okay? You're like, is that in the Bible? No, okay? It it, it is, but, but, but we're just naming it something new, right? Big B brokenness is where it talks about in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of, the, of God. This is the confession. God, I, I cannot do your way by myself. I need help. I've got lots of things that are broken in my life, and I need you in order to have relationship with you. I need Jesus to have relationship with you. Or in Romans 6.23, right? For the wages of sin or brokenness is death. That's what we deserve. Our brokenness in our own lives. And if we're honest, we know our lives are broken. We see broken around us, but if we, we see brokenness in our own lives. And so the question, there's no more important question that you can ask yourself this year, right now, and for the rest of your life, than how do I get out of my brokenness and into relationship with God? And maybe you've heard this one, but maybe you haven't, Right? And so how do you get out of your brokenness? How do you have relationship with God? It's only through Jesus, amen? Amen. If you've been a a part of this church uh, uh, for for more than two weeks, you know that Jesus is the one we proclaim. Not Jesus and good works, not Jesus and, and, and being a good person, not Jesus in prayer, not even Jesus in coming to this church, right? Just Jesus. I was talking with a guy named Stephen from Australia last semester, and, and he grew up in the church in Australia, and it was the first time that he had heard, he was like, well, I, I do believe in Jesus, and I think that, that, that when I come before God, I'm going to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, and, and I, I was a good person, and I went to church, and I read my Bible, and I prayed, and I was like, Stephen, that's, that's not what the Bible says, man. That's what a lot of people around us right here in Texas believe, but that's not what the Bible says, The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. It's not a result of works. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so, so, so Stephen, it's just Jesus. He's like, whoa. That's, that's so different than, than what I've heard. And so today, friends, if you're thinking that there's this good, like here's your good deeds and here's your bad, and at the end of life it'll be Jesus plus your actions, let me just clear it up for you. The Bible says there isn't a scale. The scale says you're guilty. And the only way to get out of your guilt is either to go to hell or to believe in Jesus as the way to save you. Amen? We're not going to mess around this morning and not talk about hell. The, The consequences of thinking that your good actions are eternal. Friends, this is what our lives need to be about, okay? No offense to this, but this doesn't matter for eternity. Amen? It doesn't, friends. And so, let, let's be people that, that talk about big B brokenness. And if you're here today, and this is the first time you're hearing this, or if you've heard things but never responded, today is the day of salvation for you. You can say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I, I want you to pay for my brokenness on the cross. I believe in your death and your resurrection that you rose again to declare that I can have right relationship with God. That's it. It seems like too easy, right? Like a pyramid scheme or something, like one of those emails you got. I just got online to look at something on my credit card. I found out over the last six months, uh, over $1,000 have been taken out of our credit card. That's a bummer, right? And these guys are just like $39.99 at a time. This, this Hanyak in, in, in Austin, Texas doesn't even know. And, 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 and it was just easy for him. I may, maybe I just told you that so that you know I'm a normal person. I don't really know how that relates. But the point is this. <laughs> right? The point is this. It almost seems too good to be true, doesn't it? With Jesus. That all we, we could just confess this and then we would be his. Okay, we've got to keep moving here. Little B brokenness, Okay. Little B brokenness is the kind of brokenness, it's when we do the things that we don't want to do. This is what Paul said in Romans 7, right? I, why do I do the, the things that I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I don't do? Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, who's obviously a believer, still struggled with brokenness. It's sometimes called the flesh in the Bible, right? And so we need to confess those things. Friends, if you're hiding brokenness in your life, come to the light, please. The longer you try to hide little B brokenness, the more people and the more devastating it will be in your life. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the lives of people around me. Confess. And so this is what we need to do. What David said in Psalm 139, he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way or any brokenness in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Friends, that were, that, so we're not going to just talk about prayer. How about we just pray for a few minutes, huh? So right now, would you just... Would you just ask God, God, is there any brokenness in me? And then just confess it to him. He already knows it, but confess it to him. And then receive his forgiveness. And all God's people said, amen. Friends, if if there's something that you haven't told somebody else, please tell them. Don't just confess it to God. Don't think that you can do it on your own. Tell the people that you came with today about what, I know it's not fun, but it's better, amen? 
It's better to bring that stuff in the light so it doesn't have to own you like it did in 2022. All right? Confess it to somebody today. So that's, that's what it looks like for the kingdom to come into our lives. We're pushing out the brokenness through Jesus. Okay? Second, and, and guys, we're going to be doing that until Jesus returns, right? There's not a day that, or a week that's going to go by where we're not trying to fight against little b brokenness, but hopefully the, the frequency and intensity will continue to shrink. All right? Here, let's, look, what, let's look at what does it look like for your kingdom to come, your will to be done in, in, in Austin as it is in heaven. What does that look like? Again, we look at brokenness, right? You'd have to be in Oklahoma sooner to think, right? We'll get a little jab in there. You'd have to be a, a sooner to think that our city, although it's so great, doesn't have a massive amount of brokenness in it. And the reality is that, that that's super true because 80 to, the stats say that 80 to 90% of our great city doesn't follow Jesus, doesn't know what, what, what life with Jesus is about. That means four out of five people don't know Jesus. And that causes a lot of brokenness in our city. And so what does it look like to pray your kingdom come, your will be done for Austin as it is in heaven? I think about two things. Number one, that we need to pray for the harvest that is in Austin. Luke 10, 2, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to raise up labors into his harvest fields, right? There's a harvest in Austin. The harvest issue, the reason more people aren't worshiping Jesus isn't because they don't want to. I would put forth that the major reason is, is because God's people aren't praying and then doing something about their prayers, People want to talk about Jesus. Last year, there were about 100 folks in these two different groups, one in these things called uh, goer missional communities, right, and that, that are preparing or thinking about going overseas, and, 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 and some in these groups called DMIs, disciple-making intensives. There's about 100 of them, and over the course of the last school year, they had over 2,300 spiritual conversations with people in Austin. Hello. 2,300. Do people in Austin want to talk about Jesus? The answer is clearly yes. But here's the thing. How did that happen? Well, behind those 2,300 conversations was 2,500 hours of prayer. Hello. See, the two go together. Talking to our friends about Jesus and praying are inseparable. If you want to talk more to your friends about Jesus, then you need to pray more and ask God for the courage and the strength and the opportunities and then step into those prayers. That's how it happens. And don't do it by yourself. Do it with other people. People in Austin want to talk about Jesus. And, 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 and so when we are into the harvest, right? He said, we must be labors. Uh, he said, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send labors into his harvest fields. And so here's the question for you is in 2022, did you hang out mostly just with believers? Because if I look back on my life, especially in my 20s, I spent the majority of my time only with believers. We have to be into the harvest in order to tell the harvest the good news about Jesus. Amen? And so that doesn't just mean that you're walking on campus or you're doing your job beside them. That means that you need to proclaim and talk about Jesus. That's what he wants to do through you. That's what your kingdom come looks like in, in Austin. The other way that it looks is what part of the broken Austin makes you pound your fist on the table, right? You're like, man, human trafficking, sex, sex trafficking, poor education, right? Racism in our, in our city, broken politics, 
internationals, refugees, these things. And when you pound your fist on the table, what you're actually doing is you're coming closer to the heart of God. Because God hates those things too, amen? He hates that, that young women are, are being used uh, for their bodies. He hates homelessness, right? He hates how refugees are treated in our city. And so when you pound your fist on the table, you're drawing near to the heart of God. And so be great with that. This is, this is where your kingdom come. Man, and, and, and our church, guys, this is the fun one. Not everybody, but some of you are really pushing into the, the darkness that's in our city. I met this gal named Sarah last week. She works for this great group called Academy 4. Academy 4 is a nonprofit in Austin that their goal is to have every fourth grader in Austin have a, a, a godly mentor. And so that once a month, every fourth grader in Austin has the opportunity to, to, to meet with somebody that loves and treasures Jesus. How about that? And they need substitutes all the time. They need more mentors. And so you can just look up Academy 4 or get in contact with Walt. He'll totally um, hook you up with Academy 4. And you can push back the darkness. The other reason I love this is not just because fourth graders are getting good mentors, but because Sarah's using her gifts to, to bring the kingdom to Austin. Amen? She leads their marketing team. And so she's using her gifts to, to push back. And so you can do that in whatever you're doing. Okay, third, what does your kingdom come mean for the nations? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, God's plan, friends, has always been for the whole earth, just like we talked about in, in Genesis 1, for the whole earth to worship him. What does that mean? He, he's never set out to just let a particular country like Israel or America worship him. He's not an Israeli God. He's not an American God. He's a global God, amen? Amen. He doesn't belong to one race or one um, uh, uh, political party. He's a global God, and he wants the world to worship him. And, and, and so that's the reality. And, and, and friends, in, in our globally connected world, it's not enough for us just to be for our city. It's not enough for us to be just for our country. And that's one of the things I love about our church, actually. Right, You look at these four things that we're about. We love God. We love uh, the church. We love the city. We love our city. And we love the nations. And it's possible to be radically for Austin and radically for the, for the nations. The two fit together. They're not opposed. All right? They're not opposed. There's 8 billion people that live in our planet today, and 3 billion of them have never heard of Jesus. You might have seen a map like this before, right? The green and yellow sections of the world, these are the people that have access to the gospel, that are following the gospel. The majority of the believers in the world live in the green and the yellow right? That means there's, there's Bibles in their languages. There's churches in their languages. They got K-love and, and, and all the things, right? It's great. But the red parts of the world are the parts of the world where, where people don't have access to the gospel. And there's a cultural barrier or a language barrier that, that, that separates them from the good news of Jesus. Three billion, friends. It's almost unbelievable that more people know about Messi than they do about Jesus, that's messed up, amen? That's not right. That's not God's kingdom coming to the earth. And so what do we do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna hone in on one particular country in the Middle East, and if you're watching online, it's gonna go black a little bit to just protect the folks that are in this country. I'm not gonna say the country's name, but here's the reality for this country. You guys that are in the room can read this, right? And in the northern part of this country, in that little box, there, there's, there's about five million people, right? 
And, and there's, there's 150 people trying to reach that part of that country, right? But in the bottom part of that country, you can see the huge number of, 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 of people that live there. And there's only 22 people trying to reach them. So, so let's have this row right here and this row. Stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Yep, just do it quick. I didn't tell them before, you know. Uh, these 20, imagine these 22 people trying to reach Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. That's your job, okay? So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna commission you. Your job is to reach te- Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. Just let it sit on you for a second. the weightiness of the brokenness in this country. They don't know somebody that knows somebody. And only these 22 are trying to tell them the good news of Jesus. And it's not so fun for them there, especially the single ladies. And there are some right in the Capitol risking their lives every day so that these precious people who were made in the image of God would know him guys can have a seat. Go to the next slide. So what, what do you do? What do you do? You start praying and you start going. These are our two responses for today. You start praying and you start going. When we think about praying, right? When we think about praying, um, here's, here's what I want to uh, encourage you, challenge you to. The next 14 days, set your alarm at 10.02 p.m., grab a couple people or call a couple people and begin to pray into the red parts of the world to pray for that country that I just had up there. The next 14 days, just put an alarm on your phone, right? And, and grab a couple people and pray God's kingdom come into that country. Your will be done, God. You want people, you will have people forever worshiping you from this place. And so we're, we're, we're joining you in doing that. And then, and, then, and then we need to start going, right? Start going. And so, so we've got a plane out on Cesar Chavez, and you can get, grab your, no, I'm just kidding, okay? You're like, some of you are like, let's go. Send it, right? Dude, you don't have any idea. <laughs> uh, if you go fast, you'll come home fast. And, and the faith is right and appropriate, but you need to prepare. If you, I don't have what it takes right now to live in, in, in that country, right? Neither do you. And so what does it look like to prepare and say, God, I'm willing to take steps forward. And so what, is it, what does it look like for you to get there? It looks like this. This is the timeline that our church has been running for, over, the, the pipeline that our church has been running for over a decade. It starts with these things called disciple-making intensives. I'll unpack what that is in, in just a, bit, a minute. They're going to start this semester, right? And you can jump into one. You can jump into one. And then maybe this summer you go on a short-term trip and you get out of America. And you go to some of these red parts in the world. And then next fall, you jump into a go or missional community. And, and all that jumping into a go or missional community means is, God, I'm willing to see if you would have me go to, the, go to the red parts of the world. I don't know if I am. Only about 50% of the people that join go or missional communities actually go. And the people that don't aren't failures. They don't walk around with a little sticker that says, fail GMC. Okay? They're, they're, they're my friends, right? Like Adam and Laura. I love those guys. So many people. Uh, the Hongs, right? I love the folks that, 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 that did a GMC and discerned, we discerned with them in the Holy Spirit that their role wasn't to go right now. That's great. But half do go to the red parts of the world. And you're like, and then, and then you go sometime in, in next year. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That, okay, I was like, I was really choked up and I felt like God was moving and then you put this timeline and I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for that. And that's okay. Here's what God's asking you. Go, go ahead and go to the next slide. 
God's just saying, hey, this next spring semester, what does it look like for you to take a next step? What would that mean? You, you scan that little QR code right there. You sign up for a DMI. It's 10 weeks long. And here's what you're going to get. You're going to get to be discipled. You're going to get to do life with a group of people. You're going to get to talk about Jesus, share Jesus consistently. And you're going to get to pray together, right? And, and it's not going to be a classroom setting. We're going to go out and actually do those things together. You and your leader will go and do those things. And, and can we just stop pretending Man, if you don't know what it means to actually make disciples, see the lost, come to know Jesus, and then teach them to do the same thing, could we just admit that, right? Let's not live in our ologies and our isms and our Wayne Grudem so awesome about these things, right? Nothing against Wayne. I think he's a great guy. Love the blue book. But do you actually know how to make disciples to bring the kingdom into Austin? This isn't even talking about the nations, Because if you're not going to do it here, why on earth would we send you so you don't do it there? It has to happen here first, friends. We want to help you. This is as practical as it gets. Scan the code. Takes a minute to fill the form out. And we'll get a hold of you. And you and your friends can do it together. All right? So... Here's what we're going to do. And then, and then here's what, here's what I, I, last thing I just want to say before we get pray is that there, there are people that say that, that your generation, if I just kind of lumped you all together and said the 20s, doesn't have perseverance, doesn't know how to finish things, doesn't have grit. I actually disagree with that statement. I think that you do have the ability to finish things when you really believe in them. It's in you to do it. But, but here's the thing. You'll start this DMI. You'll start this disciple-making intensive, this 10-week group. And about two weeks in, you're going to be like, bar's too high. I'm out. My job is getting too intense. My roommates are freaking out about my early morning prayer stuff. I'm scared to go out. And you're going to come to the end of yourself. And this is where prayer comes in. Amen? This is where prayer is the confession that, God, I can't do it anymore. So you have to come and your spirit that's in me has to move in power right now and do it. And you finish all 10 weeks and you see God move in a mighty way. It can happen through his power, not yours. And so let's, what we're going to do, how we're going to end here is will be a little different than how we normally do. The first thing we're going to do is just take three minutes or so. I just want us to be quiet. And, and, and Dietrich's going to play some music for us. And I just want us to be quiet and ask God, God, what do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? Whether it's join one of these DMIs or it's something else. What do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? Just jot that down. God, thank you that you speak to us. 
to us through your word, through your spirit, through your people. Give us courage, God. Empower us to do things that we can't do. We can't move to that country. We can't join a DMI. We can't jump in and help fourth graders in Austin. We can't do any of those things apart from you. So hear our confession, God, come. Bring your kingdom, your glorious kingdom. Thanks for letting us join you, God. What a privilege it is. There's nothing better than to enjoy you and know you and join you in your work. We want to be that people, God. Would 2023 be marked by us joining you in things that matter for eternity. All God's people agreed and said, amen. The last thing we're gonna do before the band comes up and, and they'll finish us out, but we, and we don't usually do this, so if this is strange for you, I'm sorry. If it's your first time, it, it's okay, all right? But we're just gonna get into groups of three. Get into groups of three. Don't do more than three so that everybody has a chance to pray. And you're like, oh man, the one Sunday I come, maybe you're not comfortable. It's okay. You don't have to pray, okay? But I want us to get into groups. We're not gonna talk about prayer, not pray, amen? For crying out loud. We're gonna pray. We're gonna push the kingdom of God into Austin and into the nations right now. And Austin and the nations will be changed because of it. So grab, there's prompts here. We'll spend a few minutes on the first slide about Austin. Have a few people pray. And then, and then we'll switch and then we'll pray for the nations. And then in a little bit, three, uh, about five minutes or so. And then, and then Jalice and the, the, the crew will come back up and we'll, we'll close out and we'll, we'll sing God's kingdom come. Your will be done, all right? So go ahead and just introduce yourself and then get in those groups of three and go, go pray right away. Don't, don't talk about, just pray.